and welcome to Park in the Bus, episode 27 of the only fantasy football podcast that thinks defence is better than attack. I am your host, Callum McAvoy, joined as ever by my good friend, Jack Murray. Good afternoon, Callum. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Jack? Not too bad. Felt a bit better in terms of my health. I've been a bit unwell the last 48 hours or so, but... uh, Feel better at the prospect of uh, putting a mock free hit together for uh, game week twenty nine. Always gets the juices flowing. <laughs> you know, we've been moaning for the last like I don't know several months that fantasy is not good for our mental health, but uh, on this occasion, it seems it's it's worked wonders for you. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun to to put a team, to, and also yeah, I felt better about my own team and not having the free hit because I. I Spoiler, didn't feel particularly inspired by the team I'd put together. I thought, well, I think I'm only going to lose maybe like 10, 10 points or so to what my actual team will look like. So uh, we both played our free hit in, was it game week 18? That, the first blank? Yes, yeah. And I think that was the right decision in, in hindsight. There was a lot, you know, many more destructive choices you could have had that week. Like we had Kane, uh, Son, kind of think now, City played. I think I can't remember, but anyway, there was far more premium choices than than this week, where you've got Kane and like or, or Bamiang and Bale if you want, but Kane is the only like dead cert premium you can have. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It's uh, I know there's going to be a lot of casuals who will will be tomorrow night going onto their team just to set it up, and they'll realise they actually don't have any players to play because <laughs> there are only eight clubs playing, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I wish I had saved my free hit for this week, uh, which was my initial plan anyway, and then circumstances changed uh, around game week 18. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. We've got to just get through it, I guess. I'm probably only going to have six players, so I'm, I'm bracing myself for a, a big sort of rank drop come the end of this weekend. But hey-ho, that's, that's, how, that's fantasy for you, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think I think you might be pleasantly surprised. I don't think it will be that bad. Um, we'll discuss a bit more about how many players we ex- like would minimum expect, but six is is not dreadful. I think I think a lot of people will be surprised by how neutral their rank will be after this week. I can't see massive swings unless like the only way I could see a massive swing is is or say if Aubameyang scored a hat trick or something because Aubameyang will probably be in quite a lot of free hit drafts and obviously. People like us don't want Aubameyang. So, no, I think he'll be pretty neutral this week. It'll just be a sort of jump-through-hoops week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I should point out to listeners, this is the last podcast that will have anything to do with football for at least the next six weeks. Uh, that is because Line of Duty starts again on Sunday. <laughs> uh, and as such, this podcast will change from a fantasy football <laughs> podcast to a uh, Who is H podcast. I think we're going to have to rename it to. Uh, <laughs> who is who is HFPL? Well, the answer is just Harry Kane. Uh, desperately trying to think of another player beginning with H now. Um, None of them are are important. Not Harry Winks, anyway. Not Harry Winks, no. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, of course you got. Uh, at least you got other things to look forward to. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's it's international break soon, which is usually a Ooh, dreadful yeah. time for us football fans, mm. but. Fortunately, line of duty, I feel, well, uh, was a, a good thing to look forward to, at least for the next uh, six weeks of it we're getting. Six yeah. episodes? I don't know. Yeah, you'd imagine yeah. so. So, yeah. If, if at any time in the next like month and a half, then we divert from football, uh, it'll be because of line of duty. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 
Anyway, enough of that. So this is gonna. This episode is gonna be a little different from our usual program. Uh, so for the last few weeks, we've gone by club by club, uh, preparing for game week twenty nine, uh, as it is the blank game week that we've alluded to, and it's finally here now. So we're gonna be largely ignoring the twelve clubs that aren't playing this weekend, and instead we'll be focusing solely on the eight that are, and uh, what players, if any, you should be getting from them. And uh, Jack, as he's alluded to, has kindly prepared a free hit team that you could use uh, should you have that chip left. So that's uh, all to look forward to. But before we get into that, uh, we wanted to have a little discussion or rant, perhaps, uh, about the England squad. Uh, So we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. The England squad for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers has just been announced And it's safe to say we're not very happy about it, are we, Jack? No, I suppose not. Not like majorly, majorly unhappy, but there are definitely some changes which we would have liked to have seen implemented. Yeah, Uh, particularly in the defensive. Yeah. Which is pretty handy given what our podcast is about. Um, Part of the bus England England version. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Coming this June. uh... (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but no, actually... In fairness, on the whole, I think this is a okay England squad. You know, I I like Ollie Watkins being there. I'm happy with you know James Ward Prowse surprisingly. Yeah, and you know there are some good choices. I'm glad Sam Johnston's getting his chance ahead of Alex McCarthy. Say, yeah, uh, yeah, good to see Luke Shaw and John Stones back. Of course, Jesse Lingard's in there as well. So there's there's some nice fins in there, nice players in there. Unfortunately, uh, no Esri Konza, which I think is your main point of contention, isn't it? Yeah, obviously he's someone who I've championed for a while. I think the only reason Tyrone Minks is in the England squad is because Esri Konza makes him look good. <laughs> I was just going to say that the, the two recalls for uh, Luke Shaw and John Stones, two stalwarts of uh, bus parking FPL for several months now. It's good mm-hmm. to see. Uh, so that's a positive. It's not always nice to just not be purely negative when it comes to England squads. But yeah, it's def- defense. We, we've got some issues, some some different issues between the two of us. But obviously, some we can agree on. I think the main one that almost everyone has agreed on is is like what the hell is Eric Dyer doing in that squad? <laughs> you know, yeah. every squad's got its utility man. Like at the World Cup 2018, we had Fabian Delph, who you know can play left back, midfield, and and a variety of positions so every squad needs that man but there are some better options out there to be that man you know like Ben White has played every game for Brighton this season and can play right centre back in a back three normal centre back in a back four right back defensive midfield uh, and even Luke Ayling as well has played right back and centre back um, this year so Dyer's played is, is very heavily out of favour for us at the moment in, as us as in Tottenham you know, he's gone down to, prob- well, probably still third choice centre-back, but I think a lot of fans perceive him to be even below, like, Roden and even Tanganga. So, yeah, a bit of a shocker, that one, um, which I, I think you agree with. Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you said there. I mean, I've got nothing, like, personally against Dyer, and he's, you know, he, I th- he's been a good player for England before. I think he's probably had two brilliant moments at, tournaments obviously the free kick against Russia in 2016 uh, and of course the obviously he, he you'll ever forever be remembered as scoring that winning penalty against Colombia but 
he's not even in the same league as some of the other options we could have picked at centre back. You know, I'm no Brighton fan, you know, but yeah, I would probably give him Ben White ahead of Eric Dyer. Cons are obviously is the main one, uh, especially with if Mins is there, how is Cons are there? I don't quite know. I guess it's because Mins has got a left foot. I don't yeah, know, that's the only. That's honestly yeah. the only thing I can think of that puts Mins ahead for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's an odd one, and there's a couple of other omissions as well, which I'm confused about. No, Michael Keane is. I, I'm not Michael Keane's biggest fan, as this pod listeners of the podcast will know, but he definitely deserves a place in there. But even players like you know, like Ben Godfrey, I think I think have been better performers, and he's versatile as well. So yeah, he's another one who's uh, you just completely reminded me there. He's another one who played, played right back for Everton this season, played left back. For Everton, obviously centre back, and he when he was on loan at Shrewsbury, I think it was in League One. Um, he played midfield the entire season, and was actually regarded as a midfielder at that point. Because um, as people who know me, who listen to this podcast, know I worked at Norwich for a year in the academy, and that it was the year after he'd come back from his loan, and there was a lot of discussion as to whether he was actually a centre back or a midfielder going forward. So yeah, I completely forgot about that. He is someone else who is just potentially even more versatile than Eric Dyer and also better. So <laughs> ticks all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's annoying as it's annoying. It looks like it's just a, a, a reputation thing that Southgate has picked him on. Which is a shame because Southgate has generally avoided doing that for the most part during his tenure. So it's disappointing to see I we can only hope he's actually not gonna play a big part in these qualifiers. I mean, he might do because we've got free games and rotation is necessary, of course, but uh, he shouldn't be anywhere near like first choice, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, if he starts the majority of games, it's even worse because it implies that he's been picked on quality rather than just purely that he can cover a bunch of positions. Yeah, so there's a few players who I have issue with, potentially even like Connor Cody. I still think that there's many better choices out there than him. I, I, I with with Cody, I would agree with you. But since we are now committed to playing a back three, I think you have gotta pick him because he's the most. Well, he's the one most. He's probably out of all England players, he's the one most comfortable playing in a back three, given how most other teams aren't doing that at the moment. So yeah, he's very much a system based player, and the issue with him is that he literally can only play one position in one system. Uh, so it's kind of the opposite problem to Dyer. Yeah. Uh, we were both in agreement. I think it's actually against the grain, but we were both in agreement that Ollie Watkins deserved to be in there above Bamford. I know Bamford has got fantastic stats this season, but I think that's more reflective of the chances created for him and the style of Leeds rather than Bamford entirely himself. Don't get me wrong, he's done really well, but Watkins is, I think, far more of a, of a complete player, an all-round option. I completely forgot about him, actually, to be honest, and, and we have got a lot of striking injuries of players who are usually in the squad, like Abraham, uh, Ings, and there is someone else. Callum Wilson are all injured. So, yeah, I think we're going against the majority here, but I, I agree with the selection of Watkins. I think the other thing with uh, Bamford and Watkins is Bamford is just the number nine. And as you said, you mentioned there in the pecking order, you've got Kane is probably first choice, Calvert-Lewin second, and then... You know, maybe you put Bamford after that, but you've also got Rashford, all the players you've just mentioned, uh, and even like people like Sterling or even Foden can play in a number nine role. So 
I think the problem is Bamford has got so much competition there. Plus, Watkins can play on the win as well. He played right win for Brentford, I believe, uh, rather than as a number nine. So he's got a bit more versatility in him, which uh, is good. And Mason Greenwood as well, though he's not in the squad, is another option at number nine. Yeah. Um, the other, yeah, the other thing to rant about, and I've done this many a time on the pod, but it's Aaron Wambasaka again, uh, again left out, and this to me spells the end for his England career before it even has even begun. Shame, really. I, I haven't got much more left to say on it. Uh, he's the, he has been the best English right back this season. There is no debate on that. He is, and yeah, he's not going to be picked because. Southgate just doesn't like him, and I can't understand why. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a shame. Yeah, this is the only hope is that he can he can wait to be in the first squad of the next cycle because obviously at the end of a tournament it's like a whole new cycle. But that's that's his personal choice. Um, yeah, in terms of consistency, I, I think you're right. Um, doesn't really have bad games. The 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 back three selection is the issue for him because I, I don't think that he can play as or it would be as effective in as a wing back, but obviously we we discussed before we'd quite like to a bit of innovation, quite possibly, well he's he's almost certainly for me the best tackler in in England and quite possibly in the world. So using him as a right centre back in the back three is something that we've discussed many times, like they did with Carl Walker at the last tournament. But unless you try it out in a friendly, you're never going to know, are you? So, yeah, and I mean, he's also, another thing, he's also like eight years younger than Kieran Trippier, who, in my opinion, we should have moved, we should have moved on from after the World Cup. He was dreadful for Tottenham the season after the World Cup. Not too sure how he's done at Atletico, to be honest. Um, I think he's been okay, but I mean, he's not set the house on fire. From what I, under- yeah, from what I understand, he has good spells and bad spells at Atletico. He's a lot more defensively sound now at Atletico than he was at Tottenham, but... Um... Not hard. No, well, again, that's Diego Simone's style of play, isn't it? He'll, he'll drill that into you. But I think, as I, yeah, I, I agree Wambasaka is not the best win-back in the world. But even so, I mean, there's all the accusations that he's no, he's no good going forward. But I don't think that's true. I think he's come come leaps and bounds for, over the last couple of seasons. And this season in particular, he's got the same amount of assists in the Premier League that Reese James has and only one less than Trent. So uh, I know there'll be some XG mathematician who'll be going, ah, but if you look at the stats, you know, Trent has actually got like 20 assists. He just, you know, hasn't converted any of those chances. I'm like, yeah, but he hasn't, you know. So look, I, I, I don't have any more to say on it. I'll just get, I'll just stress myself <laughs> out. But yeah, justice for Aaron and justice for uh, Ezra as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only the only other hope is is for me. I, I think I feel a bit sorry for him in terms of like many United actually don't have any right wingers apart from Dan James, who is not good enough really to be a regular starter. So my other hope is that you know they buy one in the summer and and that partnership lifts his game up because I think Southgate's mentioned before that he thinks that Wan-Bissaka is just a level down from the right backs he's picked before, and I just you know it, it's all context. You know, there's a uh, the decision for me to leave Alexander Arnold out of the squad out of choice is just completely ridiculous, in my opinion. And you need to add a bit of context in that he's played um, with Kabak and Nat Phillips for several months, um, which is not going to be good for anybody's 
form and has also actually played really well for the last month. I know Liverpool's form has been bad, but him in isolation has actually played much, much better. Um, so the decision, and you know, it was only a year ago we were throwing around Trent Alexander-Arnold generational talent in the same sentence. So it just, it's just that's a ridiculous one for me to leave him out out, out of choice. Yeah, it's just insane. I, I wonder if some of that is Klopp in, Klopp's influence and in saying, look, we we can't risk another injury to our back line. Like, please don't go. And Southgate's, and again, I think I and he has had his injuries this season, and maybe Southgate has taken that into account and gone. I don't want to injure potentially one of our best players, if not our best player, as he was considered for a while. Yeah, I get that. And the, the only other positive for me is that is that maybe he's just looked at a way to give Trent a little nudge, and that he'll just definitely still be in the Euro squad because obviously up up until this season, Trent has literally only experienced success. Nothing ever went wrong. Won the league, yeah. won, won the Champions League. You know, so so. But to be honest, he's had enough kick kickbacks this season already. You know, I'm sure he's used to it now. It it is a ridiculous decision for me. Um, as long as he's in the actual Euro squad, I won't be too affected. But if he's left out, oh, come on. Yeah, I I can't imagine him being left out. I think I think this is as you said. This is a a kind of a to motivate him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fairness, that's Southgate's done this with Walker and Trippier before, and it's worked re- relatively well. We can hope. Yeah, I don't envy Southgate at all. It's a it's a it's a poison chalice, the England job. We've known that for a while, but even just you're going to get slated no matter who you pick. Yeah, you are. And I mean, on on the whole, he has. If you take each decision into isolation, he probably has made like eighty five percent the right one. But obviously, people. Yeah get their tails up about people from their own clubs you know it's a lot of ridiculous like, i've seen a lot of like where is harrison reed and 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 stuff like that like <laughs> you know it's just because there's such a big pool of players there's always someone who's going to disagree with you and obviously everyone just picks out that one that they don't agree with compared to maybe the 18 or 19 that they do it's just the way it is yeah always got to look at the positives as well yeah justice for joel ward um no <laughs> <laughs> Nathaniel Klein, maybe. I think I've been stretched in Nathaniel Klein. But, um, no, yeah, it's. I don't envy Southgate. Um, I was mentioning to you before we recorded. Um, it's amazing how how much the squad um, and the options available to Southgate have improved for the la- over the last three years. You know, the big thing at the last tournament was: do you pick Andy Carroll or Danny Welbeck as your fifth forward? You know that was that was the big debate. I see. That's how like devoid of talent we were back in 2018. Um, but now it's you know it, you're going to upset people no matter what. I think. Yeah, good that we're in agreement. Yeah, no, for once, you know, it seems. Uh, <laughs> I think um, closer to the tournament and closer to the the actual squad announcement, we'll probably do a pod picking our teams and uh, we'll uh, argue then over who should go. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. As for now, that's our kind of mini rant. Uh, we'll move on to actual fantasy stuff now. But we, we, wanted, we wanted to get that off our chest, I think. Just say, I'm, I'm looking forward to the fantasy game because it's uh, the exact same format as the Champions League one. So I'm warmed up and ready to go for it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not because... I'm not because the last time we played the Euro fantasy game in 2016... I was like way ahead halfway through the tournament and then I made a, a preposterous bet with you, which I ended up losing because I did so badly in the latter half of the tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I completely forgot about that actually until you said, but 
Yeah, I'm, I like that format, and not just because I'm, I'm 170th in the Champions League game, um, <laughs> which is quite possibly in, in terms of like my best rank ever in context to how many people were playing that game. But yeah, no, that's that's another thing to look forward to. So maybe a, a podcast on that nearer the time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds good. Right, let's get on to FPL stuff now. As mentioned, we're going to go club by club through the eight clubs uh, who are actually playing this weekend. I uh, just go through some players who you should consider, or that, and that we're considering for this weekend. I mean, I think we've already made our minds up about what transfers we're going to make. So this is more just for your benefit, I guess, and just for fun <laughs> to see what happens. So we'll start off with Arsenal. Obviously, won the North London derby on Sunday. Um, the big news from that game was Abamian getting dropped for turning up late, which was a uh, quite a quite a shock for many people. Um, what, what do you make of that incident, Jack? From from what point of view? Uh, just from a general football. Like, do do you think do you feel it was the right decision? Yeah. To, to drop him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I saw some people moaning about it, and I was like, but did, he knows the rules. Like, I don't care if he's your best player. Apparently, it's not the first time either. Yeah, I mean, he's a captain as well, which you know you should come down on him even harder. Mm. I don't know what asked what curse Arsenal have got with captains because obviously you had the Xhaka flipping off the fans last season. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, completely agree. And to be honest, I don't actually think they look that much worse without him anymore. Obviously, that that shouldn't really come into it, but it it does. But yeah, no fair play to Arteta. It's it's not the first time he's done something like this. Obviously, Guendouzi was like just thrown out. Also, probably rightly so, to be honest. So um, yeah, and apparently it's all been resolved now. So you'd expect. Aubameyang, if not to play tonight, definitely play at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, my imagination is Arsenal are going for the Europa League over anything else, uh, which I think is sensible. Uh, but I still, uh, yeah, Aubameyang will probably play the weekend. It is a big game against West Ham. Will be will be tricky. I'm not going to bring him in, obviously, but I imagine a lot of people will, especially free hitters, because he is one of the pretty one of the few premium options you can actually pick. I think, to be honest, in, in a way, he's kind of the the biggest differential of this weekend because, as, as we said, you know, non-free hitters won't really stretch to buy him while free hitters may as well have him. While, like, non-free hitters and free hitters alike will all have Harry Kane. And I imagine a lot of them will have Bale as well, or at least a decent percentage. Yeah, I mean, in terms of other options from Arsenal, nothing major. Like, Lacazette is, is doing okay. Probably not one you'd buy, though, if you weren't on a free hit. But on a free hit, maybe there isn't exactly a huge amount of striking options that I personally like this week. And then, obviously, in defence, Tierney's looks like he's in pretty good form. I mean, he, he k- killed Matt Doherty on Sunday. Yeah. Him and him and Smith Rowe down that side. Uh, it was a massive tactical error from Mourinho to pick Bale and Doherty for that game because neither of them were particularly athletic anymore Bale has the odd burst of pace but isn't you know massively athletic anymore and Doherty's just not an athlete <laughs> you called it on the pod you actually said I wouldn't play Bale you'd play um, Bergwijn just because of the threat of Tierney so uh, well fair play to you on that it was it was less Bale it was more the combination of Bale and Doherty if it had been Aurier and Bale Aurier is obviously a, a brilliant athlete with have got away with it a bit more I think but yeah, playing them both together was just dreadful. And again, Mourinho did not, you know, it said it uh, wasn't me. I tell the players to do this and they don't do it. <laughs> like, well, you pick the team. No, Harry Kane doesn't go, oh yeah, 
pick dirty today, Jose. Come on. Doesn't happen. <laughs> so I think I think maybe we made Tierney look a bit better than you know, don't get me wrong, he played really well, but made look a bit better than he actually was. But he's still a decent option. Um centre backs, a pre a popular option in the previous game week eighteen free hit Rob Holding isn't an option anymore because he's been dropped. Gabriel is probably the best centre back option from them. He seems to be back to what he was at the start of the season and is really dangerous from set pieces. Pocket, pocketed Harry Kane. I'm gonna be honest about it. He was, you know, it wasn't really Kane's fault. Um, we didn't get the ball to Kane, and if we let him actually have time on the ball, you never know. But Gabriel d- did do a brilliant job on him. Um, so yeah, for me, Gabriel, Tierney, or Aubameyang, or maybe Lacazette. Saka is an injury doubt, and I'm I'm not on a free hit. I'm not risking any injury doubts. Yeah, shout out to Smith Rowe as per usual. Obviously, he's the bargain option uh, Udegaard as well I think has been playing really well last couple of weeks yeah um, yeah and Arteta seems a big yeah. fan yeah great goal against uh, Olympiacos in the Europa League as well so so yeah he's an, he's an option too uh, moving on to Aston Villa I was heartbroken on Friday <laughs> night uh, I went from 27 points from my three players Martinez, Target and Watkins to just 12 yeah I could not believe I Literally looked at the score, saw Watkins had scored, Target had assisted, and there was only like five minutes left. So I was like, praise the Lord, I'm going to you know, finally win my gate my money league this week oh, and all that. But um, no, obviously, that went down as an own goal, Watkins assist, and obviously they conceded in the last minute. So uh, Target still got the free bonus, though. So. I was about to say, I, I think even... Before the assist target was sweeping the BPS. He must have played really well in terms of chance creation. Another outside bet for England as well. Just, just yeah, saying. yeah, and yeah. Obviously, he's an option this week. Not not the best option. Um, he was in the consideration for my drafts, but there's some better options. I think. Uh, I think this game, the Tottenham Villa game, largely hinges on Grealish's availability, and I don't think he will play. He's too risky for me to have on a free hit anyway. So I think it makes Tottenham favourites. Um, Villa attacks no interest for me on this free hit just because of they've looked impotent the last few weeks. Yeah, without Grealish, they're a different beast. Um, out top, I've obviously got Watkins, but he'll be gone once the wild card kicks in next time. I mean, Watkins is a is a fine option for non free hitters, but as a one weaker, I think there are some better options out there. Yeah, obviously Martinez. I've not I've not got him. Uh, in my free hit, but he's in my normal team, and I'm not bothered. Yeah, the, I've got a big, I've got a bit of a dilemma whether to pick Martinez or Ariola for this uh, for this game week. So that is a a big debate that I'll be having right up until the deadline. I think. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a tough one actually. Um, I would probably still go Martinez just because Leeds away is a is a different beast in terms of scoring goals. And of course, if they both keep clean sheets, you'd imagine Martinez will be the one that has the higher ceiling. You know, they keep a clean sheet, Martinez gets 10. While at the moment, Ariola teams tend to get like eight max, which is a testament to the Fulham defence and how much is improved. But still. Yeah, that'd be a tricky one. Yeah, move on to Brighton. I bought Lewis Duncan last week uh, purely for this uh, Newcastle game. So of course I benched him and he got 10 points against Southampton. But uh, just my luck again. I was, I was, I'm, I'm really happy with my. I got 64 points and the average was 43, so I'm actually pretty happy this week. But I'm just thinking about what what could have been had I, you know, made a couple of just small changes. 
Yeah, when you when you say this, I always check your your team to see if I've done anything different. But I think you were still correct. I think either bench dunk in your situation. Did you have Double City and Luke Shaw? I think as your your choice uh, above. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I did the exact same. So I don't have Lewis Dunk, but yeah, I think I agree with I agree with your choice. It's just annoying that for your from your point of view that he scored last week and not this one. But yeah, um, he uh, Brighton are the clear standout team this week. Probably the only fixture where you would say one team is probably a heavy favourite on paper. I mean, yes, but also it's Brighton, so well, yeah, yeah. It could end up this. I mean, I I'm predicting like a nil nil. Yeah. Like I bought Dunk in not because of his attacking ability. I bought him in purely because his. I don't think he'll concede against Newcastle, which means yeah. he'll concede within five minutes now. <laughs> yeah, with with the lack of um, like obvious clean sheets this week. I don't. If you had a free hit, I don't see anything wrong with just going triple Brighton defence and as a bit of a differential. The only, uh, only issue with that is is that there's probably only two defenders that have got realistic chances of pulls, which are Dunk, obviously, and, and Veltman. Veltman's been quite attacking the last few weeks. He's had, I think it's over two shots a game, which is not bad. So, yeah, and Sanchez, you'd imagine's ceiling is six. You'd imagine Brighton will concede one from one or zero from one, for example. Robert Sanchez called up to the uh, Spain squad this week. Oh, has he? Oh, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, ahead of Guaita. Yeah, typical. Ahead of, ahead of Kepa? Yeah, Kepa's dropped. Yeah. Oh, thank God. It's, uh, yeah, De Gea, um, Simon or Simone from Bilbao. And oh, yeah. Robert Sanchez. Okay, um, well, that's just interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for, with Sanchez as is, is the case, and I say every week that's why I put I'm put off him as my actual goalkeeper is because he makes like I think it's like two point three, two point four saves a game, which just mm. isn't isn't really high enough. It also means that you're being robbed of bonus most of the time if they keep a clean sheet, especially of how many passes Duncan White make, which helps their their BPS. Um, but yeah, I I personally am not interested in attacking options this week. I've seen quite a few free hit drafts with Neil Mope, but I mean, can you remember the last time he scored? <laughs> nope. Yeah, it was probably it was probably quite recent to be honest. I just can't remember it. It's it's not been consistent anyway. So yeah, I, I don't personally. I'm not going to talk anyone out of it, but I don't like the Mope pick. In turn, uh, Trossard is probably the next best attacking option, but also like you know, I'm I'm not really like sold on it, and and there's a chance that if, if Dan Burns not fit, which is is it, apparently he will be, but Gross ended up the last game playing at right wing back, which is like reverse out of position. Um, yeah, obviously he's on penalties, which is the 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 positive, but well, is he though after the West Brom miss? Well, well, bet Mister One after so, <laughs> but at this he, rate, it's, it, it's a Man City situation. At this rate, Sanchez is going to be taking them. Hey, maybe he is an option after all. You know, <laughs> generally, Gross has got a good record. I think I can't remember him missing that many. I think I prefer Trossard to Gross because you can't really be leaning on just a penalty. But um, none of the Brighton attack are particularly attractive for me. But on the other hand, I see nothing wrong with going with three defensive options as your differential. Uh, my free hit draft has two, 
uh, one on the bench. So, yeah, see nothing wrong with it. Um, and they are the clear standout fixture this week. If you're free hitting, I'd advise at least two players, I think. Uh, we'll move on now to Fulham. Uh, we mentioned Ariola already. I think a lot of people have him uh, generally. Um, so it's I, I'll I really don't know about him or Martinez, but uh, I'll decide closer to closer to the time. Um, any other options for Fulham? Obviously, they take on Leeds, so there's potential for a goal or two from Lukman or Measure, but I'm not heavily convinced by those options. Yeah, um, yeah. I, defensively, uh, like Adara Bayo and, and Anderson are fine. Um, they aren't as good as as Ariola, and that was a big on my free hit. That was a, the thing I was thinking about in terms of like defensive options compared to the goalkeepers, and that swayed me originally. I was going to go uh, Anderson and Meslier, and I changed that to Dallas and Ariola because I think like. F- Ariola is better than than the Fulham defenders, and Dallas Meslier is fairly fifty fifty. So yeah, I think I think that's another thing you need to take into into account is balancing defensive options from teams compared to their goalkeeping options. Because obviously, like Martinez is, for example, is is much better than than the Villa defence, for example, and that works differently at other teams. Like I'd say, Lewis Dunk is better than Sanchez. So defensively, Fulham are fine. Not going to go wrong with them. You'd expect Leeds to score, but obviously they haven't scored in three games. You know, you know, you never know. Not massively sold on the attackers, despite Leeds's defensive record away from home. Just like chance conversions, not good enough. That Madge's not really, not really for me. Another, I think he's better than Mope if you made me pick. But with potentially Bamford fit, Antonio, I'm prioritizing quality above the fixture in these scenarios. I think. Yeah, they're more they're more punty options. Obviously, a lot of people are going to have Kane and Antonio and Bamford as well, for that matter. So, yeah, if you really want to take a punt, maybe go for Masha, but not recommended. I don't think. No, not for me. Or, or Lookman in your in your eleven, especially with with like I'm going to talk about my free hit. Talk about how much budget I had. Lookman is it, like it just doesn't. The only reason you're picking Lookman to start is if you're struggling for money, which you shouldn't be. No. Um, we mentioned them a little bit. Leeds, obviously. Now, now Bamford does have an injury, but Bielsa has said he is going to play. Um, I don't know if he said he's going to start, but he'll be involved at least, uh, you'd think. It really annoyed me when watching that Chelsea game. Uh, I think I came into it like into like the 30th minute and Bamford had just come off injured. I was like, I, I can't see a number nine out there. What, 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 is, what has happened? I went got into a real panic because obviously that means one less player for me for this week. But uh, yeah, no, fortunately he will be involved. Whether or not he'll be able to get past Fulham's defence, not sure. But you're not you're not not going to have him. I don't think. As well, I, I think um, like it, Rodrigo is obviously there. Apart from maybe Tyler Roberts, Rodrigo is their only other like person who can play up front, and he got subbed off despite being subbed on. Which kind of shows that if Bamford has a chance of playing, I think he's going to start. Like just because, do you remember the start of the season when people were like, "Oh, well, this is the Bamford replacement." No way, Bamford starts now, and Bamford's started every game. I think I, well, I think with that, it's a case of he started off really well. He just became undroppable. Uh, I mean, if he had had a poor start, maybe Rodrigo would have come in. But um, 
Plus, Rodrigo's played like centre mid more than anything else. I mean, it's yeah. So, yeah, it's just the way Bielsa handles things, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Bamford is now Bielsa's highest ever goal scorer as a manager. So it just go, kind of goes to show how much he, he trusts Bamford, which makes me think that if he's got, like, if he's like 90% fit, he's going to start. I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. Rafinha was one of the first names in my free hit team. Was just like, yeah, 5.5. Not that money matters, but his, his stats are elite. What he's putting up currently, you know, he's. I actually feel a little bit underwhelmed, like under, um, like unlucky with the returns he's he's got. Like Wolves, for example, he got two bonus points despite not returning, which kind of shows his performance. So yeah, like Bamford and Rafinha are the only two really. Harrison's been rotated with Helder Costa recently, so you know you wouldn't go for either of them two regardless. Stuart Dallas is is in my team, in my free hit team. He's fine. You know, the attacking potential is what has pushed me towards him. And with Fulham's general lack of chance conversion, you never know in terms of a clean sheet. But Dallas is very consistent. If he doesn't get a clean sheet, he might get an assist uh, or a goal. So, yeah, he's a he's a very good option this week. Uh, wouldn't advise any of the other Leeds defenders, though. Apart And Meslier is also... I mean, Meslier's got potential of a, of a 10-pointer as well. He must have got similar against Chelsea. I believe he got all three bonus, so... He's one of those keepers I'd put in the elite bracket of FPL. One of the things about Dallas as well is because he's so highly owned, it's kind of risky not to have him. That's always been the dilemma about selling Bamford at this stage as well, I guess, is that if you sell him and he does well, everyone else around you is going to instantly uh, jump ahead of you. But um, we'll save that discussion for another time, I guess, during the wildcard. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've not owned him all season. It's been irritating. Is he probably the best player you've not owned at all all season, Bamford? Uh, Dallas, I've not owned. Oh, Dallas, sorry, sorry. I've had Bamford since game week eight, I think. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was thinking, uh, yeah, wait a minute, you have had Bamford, what are you on about? No, sorry, Dallas, yes. The, the, is he the, the best player you've not had at all? The, no, I think the answer for me is probably the same answer as a lot of people, which is Aaron Cresswell. I think a lot of people obviously were put off by, he started the season at 5.5, which was too much. Like in, in hindsight, far too much. And then he's now 5.9 and you're always going to go for like Cancelo or Ruben Diaz at that same price. But obviously he's just kept ticking over. It's, it's the set pieces. What's the answer for you? Uh, Gundogan. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Not owned him at all. Tried to get him and then just injuries for other players got in the way so I couldn't get him. And then he got him, he got in injured himself and I was like, oh, I won't get him then. He wasn't really an injury. Know, he's, he's potentially in my wild card though, so that might change in a few weeks. Um, we'll D- Diaz for us as well but obviously we've had Stones and Cancelo so we probably don't feel like we've been hurt as much than no, Cresswell and, yeah and Diaz is definitely in my wildcard team so that's definitely changing yeah um, yeah. Uh, moving on to Newcastle now this is interesting because even though they are playing this week uh, we've not really championed Newcastle players on the pod a lot we've had Cal- I've had Callum Wilson and Jamal Lewis at different stages and uh, and Colorado as well, I think perhaps we've we've also championed, but um, yeah, we've not really we're not really impressed by Newcastle options at the moment. But has that changed with your free hit, Jack? Uh, I actually, I just I've got a little short list in front of me of players that I was interested in, and I actually just completely forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> why why am I not surprised by that though? Like you. 
Because it's all in alphabetical order. The biggest Newcastle hater I know, you know, and and I know Sunderland fans, so. (laughs) I was just like, I've got it all in alphabetical order in front of me, and I've got Bamford as the last name for Leeds, and then my next name on my list is Larice. So so I was just like, but I I think, I can't remember if I thought about them, but it kind of just shows I actually have, like, didn't even think about them. No interest. I mean, if, if they had Wilson and Almiron yeah. available, then yeah, perhaps we would consider them, especially against Brighton. But uh, no, just no, I think this week, I'm afraid. No, I mean, like, Dubravka's not bad, but I mean, I'm not picking him above Ariola, Melier, you know, Martinez. Jamal Asselz is in form from a fantasy point of view. Two goals in four, maybe? So if you've got two goals in the last sort of five weeks or so. But yeah, there's too many defensive options for me that to to consider him either. Like none of them even came into my thinking, which kind of tells you what you need to know. Yeah, okay. So we'll skip past Newcastle then. Um, we'll move on to Spurs. We've mentioned him a little bit before. Uh, Harry Kane's the the must have, and I guess your captain as well on both yeah. teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my intention is to bring him in uh, this week. It was between him and Bale, and then. I think even though he wasn't brilliant against Arsenal, he did actually have a couple of good chances. Obviously, hit the post with that free kick. Yeah, no, I think he's the obvious choice to, from now to the end of the season as well, but especially for this week. I was really annoyed. I decided to be a bit of a wild card and captain Son against Arsenal. Obviously, worked out pretty disastrously. I think if I captained literally anyone else, I would have won my money league as well. So, it's a bit, a bit of a kick in the teeth as well. But uh, no, anyway, I think Son's out now for at least a couple of weeks. He's probably not going to play this weekend, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, I, I sold him. I was concerned about not owning Salah with the, the fixtures that Liverpool have just had. So I actually sold Son with the intention of getting him back in this week. Um, obviously, that's gone out the window now. Uh, but it does make a punty option from Tottenham in Lucas Moura come to the fore a bit more. Uh, I've been really impressed with him the last two, three weeks. He's just been, he's been excellent. Um, he has these patches. He's generally very inconsistent. And obviously has the quality on the world stage, you know, Champions League semi-final hat-trick, um, stuff like that. He always tends to do well, like, towards the end of the season, I find. Like, he starts off relatively good, kind of dips down, and then, like, during the important games towards the end, he kind of steps up with a lot of goals. Um, I could be wrong, you know more about him than I do. But uh... No, you're, you're right. I, I think part of that is largely that the squad, the terrible squad depth that we have had has generally collapsed in the in the last quarter of the season and he's become one of our more important players. I think that's happened, if, if, uh, that's partly the reason. And obviously this year he's not really played as much because we've got the depth like Bergvine, Bale, uh, Son, uh, Lamella. Yeah, I mean, he's an option, but... It, the attractiveness of these sort of punty options goes down when you have the budget to just easily be able to get Gareth Bale. Like Gareth Bale is still a better option than than um, than Lucas. I mean, observe the team news for tonight because Tottenham will be playing the Europa League. Uh, the team news should actually be out now. Uh, Bale's on the bench tonight, which would imply that he will start against Villa, you would think. Makes Bale still the go-to Tottenham midfielder. If you want to go Lucas, like nothing wrong with it because he's playing really, really well. Um, but even if he played really, really well, the attacking returns have not been particularly impressive. Yeah. Um, Larice and Rehilon are fine. Larice is 
was briefly in that elite sort of frame of keepers in terms of uh, we were making him make a lot of saves, but also keeping a decent amount of clean sheets. The saves have kind of stayed the same, but the clean sheets have dried up. So probably not for me above the previously mentioned goalkeepers. Rehilon is decent. Um, he's in my free hit team, but actually on the bench because I think we all concede. And I prefer likes of Dallas, Dunk for attacking returns. So, yeah, Rehilon is, is the best defensive option. But, you know, with the amount of options there are this week, you may be not going there either. I think a lot of people in free hit and non-free hit will have at least two Tottenham. Oh, yeah. And uh, one last note on Eric Lamella. Um, <laughs> did you like that, Rabona? I think it saved us from losing the game about 3-0. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I hold my hands on and say that, you know, 2-1 was a little bit flattering. We, we actually didn't deserve anything. Uh, it was. It reminded me of the West Ham game where we didn't deserve anything and then you come out of the last 10 minutes thinking, we actually could have got something. It's just so frustrating to only start you playing to your strengths when your back's against the wall. I mean, the goal was nice. I mean, he's a player that I've liked. And to be fair, a lot of the fans actually forgave him for the red card because he was one of the only players that actually, throughout the, the game, performed really well and actually played like he wanted to be there. Um, him, Lucas and Kane really were like the only two, only three, sorry. So, yeah, what a, what a goal, but um, it'll always be tainted for me. And, and also, I, I don't think, it, people are talking about like in the conversation for best, best Premier League goals in history is, no, nah, nowhere near it's, for me. It's good that it's not quite there. Uh, no, but I mean, goal of the season contender for sure. Well, if the, if the, if the guy has a right foot, he never attempts it. So <laughs> if he if he curls that in the top corner with his right foot, no one says anything apart from oh, a nice finish. We'll forget about it next week. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As is the standard of goals uh, this in this day and age, I guess. If you did that, if you did that at Palace, we, we talked about for decades. Um, <laughs> you know, we don't. We only don't tend to score too many spectacular goals. Um, anyway, yeah, that's enough of Tottenham. Uh, finally, West Ham. Uh, Jesse Lingard is who I'll be bringing in this weekend. Obviously, they play Arsenal. and Lingard against Arsenal's pretty good record, I think. Uh, so at least against against London clubs. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll probably have Lingard to the end of the season as well. He looks like he's back in form now. Recall to England. So good on him. Uh, other options: Antonio, I guess, is as in consideration. Um, perhaps Creswell. Sue Fowl, Sue Check, all the usual suspects. Yeah, uh, I've actually got three West Ham in my free hit, which kind of just goes to show the how good they are. It's not like a fixture thing against Arsenal; it's just that the options that they have available. Yeah, I like Craig Dawson, but with the budget on the free hit, you're always going to go Cresswell. But if you want to go for Dawson in your actual team, like he's got great set piece threat. So yeah, they're the two defensively for me. Fabianski's not on the same level as an FPL goalkeeper as Meslier. Um, Ariola, Martinez, etc. Um, Lingard is also in my free hit team. Yeah, you might even bring in myself this week. Depends if I decide to make two transfers or three. Wish I'd bought him a couple of weeks ago. Now was was blinded by the double game week um, for Triore. Uh, and Antonio, despite not being in the best of form, is still like the guy who can just score against anyone, um, and he takes a couple of chances for him. Um, so yeah, nothing like. They're great options. Cresswell, Lingard and Antonio are obviously the best three, but 
there's there's a variety of options. I wouldn't go near like Suchek at the moment. His form is in terms of FPL is like falling off a cliff. Not him playing any worse. It's just that in terms of goals and assists. Yeah, so just those three for me, but they're three very, very good options. So that's all the clubs that we have to talk about. Do you want to run us through your free hit team then? Uh, yeah, of course. So um, in the end, I decided to go for... I have a, a five million in the in the bank, so I've, I've gone for a strong bench. My first tip this week is don't put duds on the bench just because you're scared of bench points. Like bench points, I know they're annoying, but they don't hurt you as such. Because you've got 20 points on the bench doesn't mean you're going to drop 10 place, 10,000 places in your overall rank. Um, so imagine if, you know, so one of your starting 11 got injured and you bring in, I don't know, Harrison Reed off the bench when you could have afforded Lookman. Just complete, it's just pointless. So, so, so don't get the FOMO. So, yeah, my, my goalkeepers are, I went for Ariola to start um, in the end. Uh, well, there's elite goalkeepers I spoke about. Uh, I didn't want to double up on their defence or Leeds's, and I just, just as I mentioned, decided that he, him and Dallas is better than Meslier and Anderson. Sanchez is on the bench. Might keep a clean sheet, but he's just going to play, and he's the cheapest one. But obviously, if you want to go triple Brighton elsewhere, that's fine. Uh, Duncan Veltman, Dunk will start. Veltman will probably be sub one. Cresswell, uh, Rehilon on the bench. Dallas. Uh, Rafinha, as I mentioned, were the first names on the sheet. Bale and Aubameyang as two rare premiums in this week. Jesse Lingard and then Lookman as probably my third sub. Um, and then up front, the standard Bamford, Kane and Antonio. Nice. I like it. Yeah, minimal risk, but um, also a lot of money in the bank. There's There's generally a lot of rules you can stick to this week. The one I just mentioned about don't just put like rubbish players on the bench because you're scared of bench points yeah Brighton are the team to target like get players in of I'd, I'd suspect and I'd probably just advise you to go boring to be honest like some of these players will be so highly owned because you know don't think just because I'm on a free hit I'm going to buy these players who have maybe done you well earlier in the season who you've now sold like there's no loyalty to players in fantasy football like you know so I, I don't know if you've got any other tips or, or thoughts but no, I think I think you've pretty much covered everything. Um, I wonder if I'm probably going to captain Kane as well. It seems too risky not to do it. But uh, do you have any other alternative captain choices, both for the free hit team and your normal team? Uh, free hit team, I think Aubameyang is the the main differential one. Won't do it myself, but you know if you don't, if you have a desire to not captain Kane, probably probably the next best one. Uh, in my normal team. If I was pushed to pick a second captain, uh, effectively, who will be my vice captain? Rafinha. I, I was thinking he's saying the same thing, yeah. Yeah, as I mentioned, was like straight in the in the draft team. I wouldn't have a free hit without him. There's a select few players who I probably would just, you know, just be boring and just go with them. Dunk is one. Kane is one. Rafinha. Apart from that, it's fairly open, as I said. Yeah, well, I mean, I I asked the question just because obviously I've not transferred Kane in yet, and on my current team, Rafinha is my captain and uh, Dunk is my vice, and I'm actually thinking, you know, maybe Dunk isn't a bad pick for captaincy if he keeps a clean sheet at least. You know, that's twelve points. Who knows what other bonus or goals he might get? If you needed any further proof that parking the bus is the way to go forward, uh, look no further than my team from uh, last week. 
Uh, I just want to point this out. I had Shaw for nine points, Stones for 14, Cancelo for 12, Target for four, which, as we've discussed, could have been more, and Dunk on the bench for 10. So <laughs> the one week I don't captain Cancelo, he gets 12 points. I want to point this out. You know, I've been captaining him the last like three or four weeks in a row. And uh, the one time I decide not to do it. But uh, there you go. Don't know why I changed my mind, to be perfectly honest. Mine mine was, uh, compared to last week, I can't remember if I said I, I got the defence. I couldn't have got it any more wrong. Yeah. Yes. I, I had uh, <laughs> Sufal and Shaw benched who got 20 and the rest of my defence got four. Yeah. Well, this week I couldn't have got it more right. I had the, the, the Stones, Shaw and Cancelo, and my bench got zero and two. So, yeah, it, it all balances out. But, yeah, um, it's hard on the free hit, though, isn't it, to not go 3-4-3? Three, three. It is, isn't it? Um, yeah, even with uh, trying to, like, prep my wild card, I'm like, but no, remember, the defence is the focus. Don't get carried <laughs> away with putting in all these attacking players. So um, it's, it's difficult, obviously, but... Um, we, we did say, you know, come end of the season, results are going to get a lot tighter. There's going to be less goals, probably. Defenders will be the way to go. And it looks like that really has started to happen now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not on my wildcard. I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't rule out 4-4-2. Uh, I'd definitely go for at least three premiums. Like premiums as in maybe like 5 million plus. Because I think, feel like that's where the, the points are at the moment. Um, like Luke Shaw... Cresswell even still like will we, will we finally look at Cresswell yeah <laughs> if you look at the four defenders at the moment you've got Shaw 5.2 Azpilicueta 5.8 um, Alonso obviously when he does play is, is going to be a, a big source of points I think so yeah it just goes to show at the moment that the big money in the defence is, is where the you know no cutting corners in defence with Jamal Lewis's and Tyrick Mitchell's at the moment is probably the way to go yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. And that will pretty much finish up this episode. Have you got any last final tips? Captain Kane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably the main one this week. Uh, yeah, um, I think we might be a little bit underwhelmed from this week because from my point of view, all I want to do is just kind of hold my rank. I don't want to lose. I'm not expecting gains, but I'm not expecting... Like, I don't want to lose ground. The the big the big meaty one is going to be our wild card one whether that's game week thirty or thirty one. What's your current plan? Are you thirty or thirty one? Thirty. Get it. Get it. Don't get it over and done with. Going to spend the the whole of the international break working on this wild card. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's wait. a that, cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, that's a pro I didn't think about actually that you you're going to have um the whole international break to even sort of you know adjust for the odd price rise here and there of your players. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to be 31. Depends what my team looks like for 30, because the fixtures are like quite good for a lot of the teams that will be highly owned. So if I look at my team at game week 30 and think, oh, actually, this is far worse than I thought, I might join you. We'll have to see. It's an exciting couple of weeks anyway. Ne- the next couple of podcasts should be um, should be great fun. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, one last piece of advice. Remember, the deadline is tomorrow night. So by the time you listen to this tonight. Uh, <laughs> I completely forgot. I thought it was Saturday morning, but it's not. So Half Friday, six deadline. Friday six thirty. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. get all your stuff done by then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, then, guys. That will wrap it up for this week. Go follow us on Twitter at Bus Park in FPL for more great analysis and laughs. 
yeah, and we'll probably see you next week where we're going to be, I guess, prepping the wild card and just looking back at the disaster that will be this game week, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, the optimism is not there at the moment. Um, but you never know, who knows, who knows. Anyway, uh, I've been Callum. I've been Jack. Have a neutral game week, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>